following program may contain coarse language, suggestive dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me I have Paul Biscrow, the founder of ToonamiFaithful.com. And it's Samurai Derail Max. I love these three songs. Just uh, just us for now. We'll probably have some uh, other people pop in the podcast later for other segments, but this is uh this is what we gotta do so you, that you Paul can, can be on a podcast. You can blame it on me. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we blame you for everything, man. You're just a bane of dude. Our I'm just so existence. busy. It's not even funny. Like I don't want to hear that from you, dude. Like I'll literally like today. I woke up at like one, and I'm just like, fuck my Ooh, life. I woke up at one. My <laughs> name is Paul I woke up at what? Look here, motherfucker. <laughs> I went to sleep at goddamn three o'clock this morning, and I woke my ass up at nine a.m. So dude, don't shut the fuck up, dude. You you hear like a you. You're like up at the crack of dawn, like the the, the sun comes up and you're like, yeah, is it morning? Till three and woke up around ten. Exactly. You can call me Rooster. Yeah, but see, here's the thing: like, I had to work Monday and Tuesday at six a.m. So, you know, <laughs> like, I had to deal with that kind of crap. So, shut Look up. Here, all I'm gonna say is, I used to get up at four thirty in the morning for PT. Nobody cares. Oh, plenty of people care, you whore. <laughs> but I will say, I will say, like, it's very exhausting to have to, like, literally do this seven-hour block now and post, have things set up for the block, because it's just like, okay. <laughs> like, Y'all, Tsunami's too long now. Yeah. No, Tsunami is right. This is what we wanted, people. This is what we wanted. We got what we asked for. Oh, no, I'm, I'm perfectly with fine with that. I'm perfectly fine with it. It's just like I'm sitting there and I'm setting up these tweets and I'm like, God, this is really long. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ. That's okay. what she said. Uh, so, <laughs> I, knew it, I knew it was coming. But, hey, but I, see, starting. starting fine, this, I'll put the crane away too then, damn Oh, it. God. Yeah. Starting exactly. this Saturday, though. Toonami actually begins Adult Swim, so there's there's yep. a uh, monumental thing there. Um, That's just crazy. It is crazy. That's like think about if you this. Need any further proof that they have a lot of faith in Toonami? When Adult Swim loses the 8 p.m. hour, it would have been so so easy to just leave an hour of comedy and keep Toonami after 10 p.m. So easy. They didn't do it. That should speak a lot. I'm trying to I'm trying to get DeMarco to let to tell me if maybe I feel like AT&T has something to do with this, that whole thing. I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like they've kind of gone like That would be interesting. Basically, I think what's going to be interesting to see is seeing into the next year how many shows, not just new ones, but how many other shows show up on the block and also if the block also expands all the way over because that's going to definitely tell you if 
AT&T has a lot of confidence in them. It's it's called Warner Media now, right? I believe it is. Is that the... I mean AT&T is still AT&T, AT&T. but Right, but the but, the Turner portion Warner the Turner portion is still Turner under Warner Media. Right. So okay. The the All thing right. that became Warner Media was uh Warner Brothers Entertainment. Yeah. So and then, you know, I, we still have I mean, obviously they own Oh it. no, Time Warner. That was it. Time Warner, Time Warner yeah, became yeah, yeah. Warner Media. Yeah. So I mean, and then they still have then they still have um obviously VRV and Crunchyroll that can be brought into the fold as well. So it's going to be very interesting to see if they somehow involve all of this together at some point because I synergy. Yeah, lots of synergy there. I mean, that's just it's just crazy to to think like what could they do with this tsunami? What could they do with just the tsunami brand in general? Cuz I feel like I feel like unlike overseas, they've kind of lacked a little bit on using tsunami here in the United States. So we'll see, we'll see what they do with it. But um yeah. So I'm I'm playing catch up. I'm I'm trying to watch all these shows. Did you put on your fries? Uh, fries? You said I... you're playing catch up. Oh well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that. Um... Slow ass. Well, why uh, don't you catch up? Uh, you know, it's just it's sometimes it's just like well, actually, I was catching up on some other episodes that I I missed in between, but other than that, I mean, I usually I usually do like. My Hero Academia and Dragon Ball Super first, and then I catch up on the rest later because I really want to see what's going on with those two. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm catching up. I got to watch the first episode of Boruto, and uh, I didn't realize that. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the person that voices Naruto is different, right? Am I wrong about that? Adult Naruto, no. yes. Adult Naruto's the same actress. Is it? Wait, are you yeah. sure it's still Molly Play? No, I, I I looked at the uh, when I was looking at I mean, New York Comic Con. They changed the um, voice actor. Yeah, when I looked at New York Comic Con, there's somebody I believe there's a, a new woman that plays Naruto. Really? I think yeah. so. I believe so. There I could be one. wrong. I could be wrong. We'll have to look this up while we're while we're recording. But I mean, I'm pretty sure that it's not Molly anymore. So really? And, yeah, you know we loved her. So, awesome. let me. I'm gonna have to look this up. Look, look it up right now, Dingleberry. I am. I am looking it up. Uh, one other thing I want to talk about, and we'll get into that. That'll kind of be our topic for today. Before you yeah, guys get into Fully Coolie episode four, is it or five? I lost it's track. Four. It's four. Okay. Um, you lost track, and it's an only six episode show. Well, you know, no, I lost track about wh- where we had recorded because you know, you I just wanted to make sure that we had the. the box sometimes when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> Love you. Um, by the way, I'm trying to get Amanda to uh, record an interview with us. By the way, you looking for Amanda hug and kiss? Uh, Amanda Miller, actually. <laughs> uh, wait, what? Then what the hell was I looking at? I swear to God, I saw somebody else. Huh. It says oh, that Molly. Say, it says that Molly does it, but I'm not. But they said that it was another it voice actor. Oh wait, that's in that's the movie. Never mind. Hold on, hold on. 
See the movie. The movie she's in as she does the voice. Well, yeah, uh, she seems to be listed for the show. I hope so, because I was hearing rumors that it was someone else. I did not notice it. I mean, if it is somebody else, they're doing exactly the same voice. <laughs> You know, it, you know, it, it, I'm seeing Molly up. Flanagan, but let me look at something because let me. Well, you uh, you you figured that out. I yeah, we can get into some other things. Go ahead. I'm well, just... Darrell and I could talk about that first episode, of Borto, which uh, was all right. Yeah, all right. You know, I hate that uh, side of this land, that goddamn ugly-ass yellow um, ascot around the fucking throat. May I, by the way, may I say that, you know, they pretty much get, um, Viz gets Toonami at this point. I, I just, I can't, every time that they put a show on, on Toonami, they have the voice, a- some of the voice actors and actresses do a video, and they did one for Berto as well, and I'm just like, yeah, this is... This is uh this is pretty good. <laughs> so there it is. Keep it up, Viz. Yeah, yeah, we love you, Viz. Who does uh, Colleen O'Shannon? Look at you, can't even say oh, sure. But that's yeah. Ino and Choco Akamichi. But she's in Berto, so I'm trying to see. You you, you get kind of. That, I think that's I think that's who side. it was. That's who I thought it was. But because she's going to be at New York Comic Con, I thought that she was playing Naruto. That's why I was whatever. So maybe no, maybe it is Molly still. It's then. definitely not her. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, that eliminates that. So yeah, I guess it is Molly. Okay. All My right. Bad. Good to go. My, My bad. Uh, go ahead. Continue. This information has been taken away. Continue. Right. Uh, yeah, I I saw some clear. Uh, callbacks to the first episode of Naruto with you know, running around causing trouble in town and that sort of thing but ah, they uh, they jump right into this uh, concept of uh, somebody being possessed by some force of evil which is interesting and I like how the Leaf Village has advanced with technology and it's just a different vibe than even ship it in. So there's there's some there's some good differences here. I find Boruto to be kind of an annoying character, but <laughs> not so unlike his pop when he was a kid, so True. Uh Something something tells me that this will probably end up being like um, Black Clover in the sense that it kind of starts out where you're like, uh, I don't know if I want to really watch this, and then as it goes on, you're like, oh wow, this is actually pretty good. Perhaps, perhaps. I've I've heard that's how it's how it starts out. So I really enjoy Max Middleman as adult Konohamaru. Ah yes. That's very amusing to me. <laughs> it's just great to hear the Spike Spencer just as some random <laughs> guy in this episode. I like that. It's, uh, 
Seems like uh, Boruto's dad has a pretty hard time being Hokage. <laughs> it's like, you wanted this your whole life, and now now you got to deal with the paperwork. <laughs> That's why you have a secretary. <laughs> the, I don't think Shikamaru is his secretary. <laughs> well, the, he needs to get a secretary in that case, because Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, probably, probably. So, so well, long of the short is uh, Boruto embarrasses his dad on the first day of the uh, Ninja Academy, and saves his new friend who is getting highly pressured from his father to, you know, be a tough guy and become a great man in business because his. This uh, this kid's father and this kid, who's voiced by Erica Mendez, oh, sometimes sounds like Gon, sometimes sounds way more somber. This <laughs> was uh, uh, an interesting voice she was doing when Ginky was possessed. Oh, I was like, ooh, this is yeah. giving me some chills. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, it's all right. We'll we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing about it. You know, it's its own entity in its own way. So basically, it's just got to progress, and you know, you'll start to see that character development. You know, it's just the first episode. It's you know, it's, it's, uh, it's his ninja way. The thing, the one thing that I'm kind of like, okay, guys, is the way they start the first episode. With this like dramatic one-on-one battle between Boruto and another ninja, it's like we've been through so much. This is the end of Shinobi. I'm like, okay, yeah, way to tease something interesting before pulling it away. And you're like, but this is where the story begins. Oh. oh, thank you so much, Face Jack Lights, for doing what you do. <laughs> yeah. So our topic today is discussing uh, anime movies in theaters and how Funimation could probably make a lot of money and get more people to see their movies if they did wider releases. And this is a topic that Paul very much wanted to discuss. Oh, yes. When Sketch said that, oh, should we discuss this? I was like, yes, we should. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was going to do an so... article. I was like, eh, we'll do a... Well, I'm going to probably do both. I'll probably go in more detail in the article because I can take it from somebody that works in the, the movie theater industry because a lot of a lot of people have said how the movie theater industry is failing. It's not really failing, per se. It's more or less a lot of movies don't do this, what I call, hit and miss. Um you're going to get your movies that do that do a minimum amount of business, and then you're going to get the movies that do huge business. And usually the ones that are doing huge business these days are the ones that are Marvel, uh, Star Wars. Um, porn. <laughs> porn. <laughs> but, that, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, there's not really any in-between at this point. Uh, DC's kind of getting their their feet wet, so I think that they'll start to come in um i'm kind of interested in the in the uh 
in the Aquaman movie. I think that's going to do a lot better than Justice League, ironically. And that's going to be really sad because if that does just as well as Wonder Woman, they probably should have waited on Justice League. But that's neat here mm-hmm. nor there. Um, what I'm trying to get to is, is it's a kind of... Anime is kind of turning into this thing like on TV, for example. Um, and it's becoming popular enough to where the question has to be asked, should you know, these movie distributors, and I'm looking more at Sony and Funimation in this case, not so much at Viz and them because I don't think they're ready for that just yet, but should they, should they start exploring doing wide releases of these movies? And um, we were, what, what movie were we talking about off the podcast there? Um, uh, name? My Hero Academia? No, 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 the other one. Your Name? Your Name. Your Name. Yeah. Okay, so that's a perfect example of... of uh, it wasn't like a complete wide release, but it was very close to where it was in so many more theaters than I think that uh, an anime movie really has been. And you've been seeing a little bit more of this going on and more theaters getting it. But um, let me kind of explain because I, people may say, what is a wide release in comparison to what's going on right now? Uh, a wide release is basically every single movie theater gets it. Um, and we're talking about like all every single Regal Cinema, every single Cinemark, oh, yes. every single AMC will get the movie. Um, we're not necessarily talking about like smaller chains, like independent chains. Those you don't really count those so much as a wide release because um, we just you know we can't we can't put them in there because they are. Um, they're just independent. They can select whatever they want. Wide releases is more in, into the bigger chains. And that doesn't that also is outside of Regal. I'm, there's other bigger chains in the United States, but they're not as big. Um, so the point is is to see anime start to bring these to every single theater, as many theaters as it possibly can in a wide release because you know, looking at Funimation, which is the prime example, you got My Hero Academia, which just came out, and it was what was it at? I think it was four million, like four, almost four point yeah. five million. So far, it's around, it's a little over four million. So four, four point one million. Four point one million. So, and that's a week. Yes, and by comparison, uh, your name made five million in smaller amounts at a time over the course of like four months right and then uh resurrection f which is funimation's best to date uh it's like what was like eight eight million and it was one in oh not quite twice as many theaters as my hero academia and it did that in about two weeks so Given that, if My Hero Academia had been in just as many theaters, it might have done very comparable to Resurrection F. I'm going to be honest with you, like, around this time when there's not really any movies, it probably would have done really well. Um, my problem... Yeah, that is the thing. It's it, You're kind of in a dead period for movies, yeah. which is, uh, I mean, <laughs> props to My Hero Academia for 
no joke, getting third in the box office on Wednesday and Thursday of last week. It beat out Predator. It got fifth on Tuesday. It beat it out Predator. only got 20th on Friday, but it got ninth on Saturday. Yeah. With an impressive uh, 1,191,650. That's... It's quite impressive for a Saturday with all the new movies coming out. So, you know, the, the point that we're trying to make here is, um, and again, like I was saying, I'm probably going to go in more depth in an article, kind of, but the movie theater industry is always looking for different types of movies or different types of events or whatever to infuse more people coming into the theater. You look at these anime movies and you say to yourself, well, look at these kinds of movies and look at what they're doing. And yeah, I mean, yes, that's across the whole United States. And you might say, well, that's not a lot of money. But then you look at, you also look at how many theaters is in, you go, oh, wait a minute. That is a lot of fucking money. So about 500 theaters and its competition is in almost 10 times that. Exactly. So... Basically, what I would like to see, and I think that this is something that I really want to research and I really want to get into finding more information out about this, is seeing what the Funimation-Sony relationship really is. And being that they have the, they own Funimation and they can do more with Funimation, my thing is, is, what is why can't Sony take a movie that Funimation owns the rights to and distribute it here in the United States in a wide release... Because for me, like, we have Dragon Ball Z Broly coming up. Or Dragon Ball Super Broly, I'm sorry. Um, why? It, I, we, we looked it up on, Mo, on uh, Box Office Mojo. It's under Fathom Events. Fathom Events does... It's a typical way for anime to get distributed here in the United States. Uh, it's through a company that does the ad systems for at least AMC, Cinemark, and Regal. I can tell you that because I work with them. So... Um, I guess that gives you a hint at which con- that I'm, I'm with one of these companies. So there you go. There's your hint at what, what I do for a living. Um, but here's the thing. Fathom Events, like for example, there's an anime movie coming out. I can't remember what the name of it is. But even my theater that doesn't get the Fathom Events has it. And it's playing it, I think, twice in November and twice in December. And... Even though it's like it's not playing the whole week and it's only playing a couple like one or two days, that's kind of big to me. And I and I sit there and I and I look at it and I'm like, so why isn't Dragon Ball why isn't Dragon Ball Super Broly going to be distributed that way? Maybe it is. I could be wrong. Maybe it is. But it makes sense to me that if they're gonna do something like that, they should be doing that with a movie like that. And I'm hoping that that's the case. We'll see. But. Dragon Ball Super Broly is going to be kind of my view on, like, okay, are they actually doing their job, or are they just they just want to do it whatever which way they want to do it? Now, I gotta believe that they're gonna put it at least in more theaters than Resurrection F because look look at Comic Con this past year, they had that huge Dragon Ball Super movie. Uh, panel and it, it was in one of the big rooms at at san diego comic-con in, in new york comic-con this year um which is actually tomorrow um which it starts um they're having a panel 
at Madison Square Garden. Let that, let, let, super movie? Let, let that let that let that breathe for a minute. They're having they have to have this panel at Madison Jeez. Square Garden. Let that breathe. Live from the garden. Yep. So <laughs> Madison Cube Garden. Now I'm sure I'm sure they're only using half of half of the arena. I can't see them using the whole arena. But, but still. That's still fucking huge. Like you that's sit there crazy. and you think about that and you're like, oh my god. Like I was saying to Rel, like one of the things about New York Comic Con that really like I don't know if I could ever do it again is because they just expand they've just are they're all over the city with it. And I'm like, I don't have enough money to drive around the city or take an Uber around the city to get to these places. It's just like you know, uh, it's just crazy like that. So you can understand where I'm coming from with this. Like this is something that I think that if the movie theater industry especially honed in on, they would make a lot more money. And I think that's... Oh, somebody wanted to ride a motorcycle into our podcast. Um... <laughs> yeah, it's the same jackass that's been doing it for the last couple of weeks coming around my house, man. I swear if you fucking stop in front of my house again, man, I'm seriously going to fucking come out with my damn Zonpok toe on his ass and like get the fuck out of my damn home. Um... From the fucking front of my house because I'm You're getting telling me. And I think we found our after scene after podcast scene. Um <laughs> no, like seriously dude, there's a whole bunch of people that have like fucking four wheelers and motorcycles around this damn neighborhood, man. Yeah. And they fucking rev it up I hate the sound of motorcycles. I really fucking hate motorcycles in general at this point. Well, anyways, getting back to what we were yeah. saying, so I mean I, I just I really think looking at everything, seeing how anime movies are doing and especially with a movie like My Hero Academia, um, Dragon Ball Super, um, and, and I'm even going to go even further, like Sword Art Online, uh, these bigger name animes that people actually like, why are we need to start seeing them in a wide release in movie theaters? And I don't, you don't have to do, when I say wide release, you don't have to have these movies like the bigger ones in theaters for more than two weeks. I think two weeks is enough. But... If we're talking about, like, you know, but doing it for a week or doing it for a couple days here and there throughout the week at a movie theater, I think that's stupid. Do a wide release for these movies. Do it and make sure it's in every single market. Do it for a whole freaking week, man. People can't always exactly. go on these specific That's days. why I'm saying two weeks. That's why I'm saying two weeks. Pre- that's why, like, you'll see, like, seriously, that's why, like, you'll start to see, like, movies... Um, they'll be in every hey, single. If it, if it if it does really well, then you know maybe give it another week. Exactly. You know, I mean, look at look at how they look at how they distribute these movies over in Japan. It's in every single movie theater. It's even in IMAX. Fucking IMAX. Like, come on. Like, what? Well, I mean, that's a totally different market. But look at, but I know it's a totally different market. But do you understand what I'm trying to take the example of somebody that's doing it correctly? Like, yeah, yeah. they're going to make a shitload of money off of this. And obviously the J- Japanese market is huge on anime. But also the United States is becoming huge on anime as well. And I think that taking advantage of it now, especially with the bigger titles, is exactly what you need to be doing. And that so doesn't... The way you put that, it sounded like anime makes people fat. <laughs> oh, no. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to say anime making me fat now. No, I'm not actually saying that at all. I'm saying that... Do my thighs look fat? Look, I completely agree with you, but I wonder if part of the reason why 
they're not in a wider release is because are not into it. They're, they're not they're not quite willing to Who's not take the it? plunge. The the theater chains. I, I feel like the theater no, chains no. are apprehensive about going all in it's, on these anime movies for even two weeks in not, a lot of screens. I can tell you that it's not the movie theater chains because at our level it's not really we're gonna play whatever whatever's gonna make money. Obviously, we're gonna play. Well, yeah, okay. No, I'm not. I'm but not maybe at our games. corporate level, you're probably yeah, talking about. Yeah, corporate level. I can, of course, I'm without about going into who I work for. Obviously, I can tell you at the corporate level, we have what's called film bookers, and what they do is these people have certain areas of the United States. You know, ours is, I would say, most of New York, uh, at least upstate New York. And this person will go and say, okay, this is how many prints we want of this movie. Now, obviously, this is completely different from an anime movie because those aren't distributed in the normal way that a movie would be. So I believe that's actually through something completely different. So maybe that might be the issue, that it's not going through a film booker per se. It's actually going through a different chain, which is making the process a little bit, which is not... Connecting Perhaps. the process, and I think that's what's going on here, Sketch, because the Fathom Events is a whole different thing from yeah, yeah. booking regular films. So I want to make sure you understand that too. It could no, be, I it could be Fathom was a, a different thing. It could be on a, it could be on a corporate level where they're like, well, we don't know if we really want to do this, but I think it's more if we're looking at that. From my experience, it's more of there's two different departments. And the one department is just used to doing these things with not just anime, but um, other movies that don't get a wide release. Because uh, Fathom Events does that as well. Uh, the Met Opera events, uh, some of the concerts they get put up on Fathom Events. Um, right. So you can understand, like, I, I think that they just think of it in a singular thought process where they're just like, okay, we're going to do this and this is the way it's going to be. Whereas they could be like, holy shit, this is making a lot of money. Maybe we should start talking to Sony about doing wide releases. And then that's when the film bookers would become into the process because they would be, and this would probably be the person that's in charge of all the film bookers, like a vice president or whatever. They would be saying to Sony, hey, can we take a look at maybe doing this? And by the way, why don't we bring in AMC? Let's bring in, let's bring in Cinemark. Let's bring in Regal. Let's bring in all these other companies and let's talk and say hey why don't we do this with this this type of genre because we think that it's going to make a lot of money for all of us and i think that's what's important and i think if they do that that's when we'll start to see the wide releases because and this is kind of a little bit of a, a sidetrack but it's going to be kind of to show you how having big chains is a good thing uh, there's been a couple movies, and this is why Netflix kind of has stopped doing, trying to put movies into movie theaters. They've basically said every time that somebody tries to put a movie in the movie theater and then put it right on Netflix at the same time, same day, same time, these big studios jump in and say, no, you're not going to do it. And when the big chains do it, it actually helps the smaller chains as well and the independent chains because it makes it so that they sit there and they go, okay, well, Netflix, we're not going to do this because they're not going to be able to play the movie. Um, interestingly, and this is another thing, Amazon has actually been 
doing something which I think is really interesting is putting out movies into theaters for the uh, I think two to four weeks, making deals with these bigger companies, and then putting it on their service. I don't know if you ever knew if you knew that Amazon has actually become a distributor of movies. Did you know that? I know they. Now you do. Now you do. Amazon, Amazon is now distributing its own movies, but they put it in theaters first and then put it on their service when it comes out. I think that's going to be the future. But getting back to what I'm saying, if the bigger movie chains would step up and say, yes, we want a lot more anime because we think this is going to do the business, then everybody would follow. So it's, it's you know, and I'll get more in depth into this because I don't want to go too far into this on this podcast, but... You know, seeing it from my perspective as being in the industry, this is something that could make a lot of people a lot of money and continue to keep movie theaters in business for a long time. And don't get me wrong, movie theaters are not going anywhere anytime soon. It makes too much money for them to to do that. And And the movie theater companies know that. They're not stupid. But at some point, probably not in my lifetime, movie theaters may not exist. We'll have to see. But... My thing is, is anime is an option that these people need to start looking at more. And Funimation and Sony can lead the way in this if they do it correctly. And that's just my, that's just what I really wanted to say about it in this case. So, does that all make sense? Yeah. Did I yeah. give you some education here a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I'm, did I'm you... just, uh, at the core <laughs> of this, I was saying... I'm sure that Funimation and Viz and all the other companies would love to put their movies in more theaters. I I doubt it's a it's lack probably. of it, I, I doubt it's a lack of uh, faith in their product. Oh no 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 no! I I, I also think there's a cost too involved, but again, oh, that's something yeah, we can. I'm sure. I'm uh, again, that's something I'll go into in the article too. I mean, it, it, there's also some there's probably some kind of cost involved, but you know, I mean. There's probably some other variables in there as well, but personally, if if the if the big companies get on board, it's going to be what it's going to be, and I I think eventually they'll catch on to that, and these bigger animes will get their get their spotlight in movie theaters. And by the way, there's no other way. I I saw what was it? I believe it was the first uh, Battle of Gods I saw in, in theaters. And by the way, Funimation sent me an advanced copy of it ahead of time, so I had already seen it. Seeing it in, in the in the theater was so much better than than watching it just on DVD at home. Just seeing everybody's reaction, hearing everybody, like it, it just it was awesome to to have it in the theater. And I think that's the kind of experience some of these movies need. Um, Though I enjoy the uh, communal experience. I do dislike when I go see a dubbed movie and people are talking over the movie and I'm like, I'm trying to hear the dialogue. Not really a problem if it's subtitled. I don't I don't get a lot of that. I didn't get a lot of that when I watched uh, Battle of Gods because I, a lot of people were into it, but I think that was because it's Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think everybody was just into that, but um, yeah, I mean, so, you know, if you guys have any questions for me, you know, you can always email me. You can tweet me at Paul Pascrillo. You can email me, Paul Pascrillo at TsunamiFable.com if you have questions. But, or if you want to give me some input before I write the article, you know, I, you know, give me, give me what you think. I mean, do you think that, that movie theaters should be playing more anime movies and in a wider release so that way, you know, 
you can watch these films in the theater. By the way, one other thing. It's going to be interesting to see if Broly does get an IMAX release. I don't think it will because of the expense, but it would be interesting to see because that'll be the first anime movie, as far as I know, that's gotten a, an IMAX release. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see if they, they pull that over here. I don't think they will, but it would be interesting. So. Yeah. Did they have that? Did they have it in 3D over in Japan? The uh, the other super the other Dragon Ball Z movies. Oh. I believe I heard something about 3D in, on one of you them. You know, I think at least one of them. I, I think Battle of Gods had a had a 3D showing. Like, think about that in 3D. Like, oh. <laughs> I I don't know. I just you know again that's another cost that I'm sure Funimation can't uh, mm-hmm. expend, but. That's uh, that right there. I will tell you right now. If it, if it goes into a different format like IMAX or 3D, that is a lot of money. So I can definitely understand why Funimation and Sony don't probably spend the money on that. So mm. I mean, maybe maybe that's the way to do it. Just do a do an IMAX release of it. Put it in IMAX theaters, and I get I, that would probably do a lot of business. Actually, <laughs> it probably would sell out. I think IMAX would do very well yeah. for Dragon Ball. So. So I think that leads us to a commercial break. Yes, and now a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash Podcast and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash Toonami Faithful Podcast to get started today. And we're back, but we have a slight change. We have decided to trade Paul for Duelist. Yeah, get the fuck off, Paul. Nobody likes you. Is this your uh, fantasy podcast league? Yes. Yes. I'm sure we'll do a lot better this week. Because of yeah, these Paul, very important changes. Exactly. Paul hurts my damn picks every week, man. He can't be on my fantasy roster anymore. No, it's just no good. Yeah. Sorry, Paul. You just suck. So, Duelist, what what you think of Boruto? Um, basing it solely on its self, uh, it was not an unentertaining first episode. Even if I am not the biggest Naruto anybody, mm-hmm. I mean, let's put it this way: my my background on the series is I read some of it in Shonen Jump back in the day. Wow! I I uh, I saw at least as far as the uh, Forest of Death in the original series. I didn't get to watch much of it on old Toonami because I just straight up didn't have cable. I mean, I didn't hate what I've actually seen of at least the original Naruto, but uh, trying to jump into Shippuden was not a very pleasant experience when I attempted to do that when it came to TV. But I mean... That's probably understandable. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I may keep 
watching Boruto and see how I feel about it. I'm hoping that I won't need to be drawing on too much knowledge from the stuff I've not seen, but, uh... Yeah, this is a perfect test subject for whether or not people can enjoy Boruto without prior knowledge of much Naruto. Well, I mean, it's supposedly his story, not his father's. Uh, that's, that's true. Well, it's not supposed to be about the dad at this point. Yeah, don't you know? It's I, Boruto's I, I, dad, which means Boruto is the Boruto. important one. I really hope they will have Tom make a Boruto's dad comment at some point. <laughs> Doubt it. it. It would be rather disappointing if they don't, but I don't think they're going to. Basically, he has 23 chromosomes of his mom and his dad. Out of <clears> millions <throat> of sperms, he was the one that made it. Congratulations, brother. <laughs> Also, and maybe this was the norm in, like, well, I mean, it's the norm for a lot of shonen, but there did seem to be a lot of male characters voiced by females in that episode. Yeah. Well, that's because Hubert hasn't hit yet. There certainly was, but there were also quite a few young men voiced by adult males, not so convincingly. Do <laughs> not say drop yet, son. It is fun to hear Spike Spencer doing that, though. <laughs> That's what happens when you wear skinny jeans. Uh, other than that, how's the uh, newly extended tsunami for you? In general? Yeah. Well, um... I mean, One week you watched some of it anyway. <laughs> I did. I uh I, I I think I will blame my having to like go to bed after Fooly Cooly on the fact that I had to wake up really early that day. But uh I mean I have no issue with uh you know having more to watch earlier. Yeah, it is nice for those who would, are around to watch it. You know, if I had all the energy in the world and, you know, didn't have to worry about what time I was awake in the morning, I'd probably watch more of the later stuff. Yeah. I usually get through at least <clears throat> where Hunter was. I don't know if I'm going to be making it through the half hour change but uh yeah alright well enough about that then it's the main reason we are here for this segment is to talk about the latest episode of Fooly Cooly Alternative yes this uh lovey dovey episode titled Pit a Pat. I love the title card. So good. So shoujo manga. No, no. Just adorable. So as the episode opens up, the Soba guy is in the monitor room looking at Medical Mechanica's progress. It seems all the pins are 
connecting to a point to where all the irons are and haruko drops in is i like well you gonna do anything about it no i'm just here to observe well you're no fun i'm out so Haruko's plan in this episode is quite clearly to get a rise out of Kana by getting grabby with Sasaki, the basketball team's manager, who clearly throughout the previous three episodes occasionally Kana was getting teased for liking by her friends mostly, but also some of the boys. So this starts with Kana walking to school... And she sees Sasaki leading the basketball team on his bike as they're doing their morning run. And she gets excited for a second, and then she notices Haruko's all up on her boy, and she doesn't like it. And this continues at school, as she's all over him in the classroom. And it's explained that she's a temporary coach for the basketball team for, you know some reason and even Sasuke's like I don't understand why she's all over me man I, I don't I don't understand why any of this is happening but the girls go to the basketball game with Kana because she's going to a basketball game to watch the basketball team manager <laughs> but they gave her shit for it appropriately but Haruko is just all up over this guy just totally all up on him in every possible moment and she's just looking over to see Kana's reaction she wants something to come out of her not I mean who knows what but she definitely wants Kana to react to this but at this point the guys on the basketball team are getting pissed too and one of them misses a shot so bad that it goes off and smacks Kana in the head the basketball and all of the emotion going here kind of freaks out and runs out of the room. And you see in the corner, some figure is dressed like the basketball team that, uh, that their school team's playing against. Just kind of with a towel over its head, with sunglasses on, just kind of hiding. So later, as... Kana seems to think every mention of love is like a personal attack on her while she's trying to work at the Soba restaurant. She storms out, and the Prime Minister meets up with the guy in the restaurant. It seems that they have some kind of relationship. Though, <laughs> uh, the Soba guy doesn't seem to think highly of her. And Joe got visited by the nurse. <laughs> Do over. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> she left, if that's not evident. Yes, I, I, I could tell. She just kind of. Might I recommend not me. starting from the very beginning? I'm not going to. I'm going to start from the restaurant. So later, Kana thinks every mention of the word love is some kind of personal attack on her. So she storms out of the Soba restaurant because she just can't deal with it. And as she does so, the Prime Minister shows up with a couple of guards and sits down and talks to the guy eating his Soba 
about what medical mechanic is up to. So clearly they have some sort of relationship. And she also mentions that some alien named Haru something is being seen around town and he thinks back to when he met Haruko a long time ago as an immigration officer where he was uh, trying to examine her while she was in the bath. <laughs> Seemed like some kind of rejuvenation chamber because she got injured or some some kind of wound. Yeah. I will say if that was supposed to be a flashback scene, it's not very clear. Oh yeah, it definitely was. I mean, look at the hair. <laughs> look at that hair, man. Come on now. Later, Sasuke finds Kana in the park when she's trying to figure out what to do with her friends. And they kind of hide off in the playground while Kana and Sasuke have a conversation. And Sasuke tries real hard and should just barely get out that there's nothing going on between him and Haruko. And, well, that's not what Kana wanted to hear, so... She storms off and cries and goes home and cry and <laughs> love this. She's pouting in her room and her little brother comes in to tell her it's time for dinner. And she's like, so how are things going with your girlfriend? And guess what? His girlfriend is a waifu on his phone of some mobile game. I love that so much. Because of course... You would think that Kana would take that as like a personal victory, but it doesn't seem like she really does. So the next day, after being taunted by Haruko, like totally directly, in which Haruko's like, you're not ready for a relationship, Kana makes up her mind to go after Sasuke and finds him in the gym. They share a moment leading up to a kiss, but Kana stops short of actually kissing him when she realizes she isn't actually feeling the spark. So, a robot that was seen earlier comes and eats Sasuke and transforms into a bigger, more powerful basketball-playing robot. So, naturally, Haruko challenges it on the court. And just when you think she's going to play an actual game of basketball, of course not. She just smashes the basketball into the thing's head, and Sasuke pops out all gross. Because, yeah, of course. And later, Kana confesses to Sasuke that she's not really ready for a relationship, and he seems to take it pretty well. And that that spark that she felt was kind of a fleeting moment that she wanted things like being with her friends in this moment in time to just last forever. But, of course, Medical Mechanica has to mess that up. As the department store sheds its exterior, unveiling that it is indeed the Medical Mechanica Iron. The immense surprise of everyone watching. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to admit that I didn't think that the, the... The whole thing seemed like a really flimsy exterior, honestly. Like, it wasn't even... Like, how did... How did people go in there... And it's like a department store. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Got it. Yeah. Do what you gotta do. 
So there's a lot of fun little animation quirks in this episode. When Kana and Sasaki are talking in the park, she goes total shoujo. Oh, and her friends are slightly concerned that Sasaki's like a stalker. Because <laughs> he's like, yeah, well, uh, I didn't know where you were going to be. So first I asked the guys in class, and then I went to your home, and then they said you'd be here. There's a fine line between, uh, yeah. Interest and stalking. Exactly. And I don't know if you guys caught this, but there's at least two instances of pets being like, oh, that's neat, you want to trade? <laughs> the first the first time was with uh, a handkerchief when she sees uh, Mosan's personally made handkerchief with a meat on it. Monkey D. Luffy would approve. <laughs> meat, son. Like, meat! You want to trade? And then later in the episode, she's like, oh, that's a cool pen. You want to trade? This is a felt pen. And Mosan's like, that's an interesting trade. <laughs> wasn't wasn't there also somebody was trying to trade, like, Mosan, like, or Mosan was trying to oh, trade, Mosan like, was, food? Mosan was trying to trade the something for Kana's Karagi, and she's like, nah, that's not a good trade. Yeah, she tried to trade the veggies for the meat, man, and you know, that ain't happening. Trust me, uh, if you are meat centric, you don't trade veggies for me. You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna touch my karagi. My no, just making me think of that fried poor, chicken son. Poor protagonist from Planet With. Ah uh, yes, the poor protagonist of Planet With who gets nothing but vegetarian meats. Because... Yeah, well, I was thinking more like Food Wars when they had the karagi stand. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Hoodor oh. is a show with two dub seasons. The title of that episode, Sensual Karagi. <laughs> mm. I need some sensual karagi. Yeah. So I was, I was checking to see if the director of this episode or the storyboarders worked on uh, Kuroko no Basket, which is a show that Production IG does. Does not look like it, but the... Uh, <coughs> the episode director, Jun Shishido, did work on various versions of Hajime no Ippo and Fighting Spirit, so... Oh, man, I love Hajime no Ippo, man. Good, good stuff, and actually, uh, I think he also did... Yeah, I did work on some episodes of Beck, and that explains why I thought Haruko in certain instances looked vaguely Beck-like. Yeah, so I'm not even know what Beck is. It's also called Mongolian Chop Squad on the Japanese side. I like Beck better, though. I mean, Beck was the original name. They just had to <laughs> add something <laughs> else because of copyright. <laughs> yeah, well, you know how it is. Though, they're, if you listen to it in Japanese, the voice acting is real shitty. Really? I yeah, like it, it was both really ways. You like it like that, huh? Yeah. They also did a really good job of dubbing the songs. But Yeah, the that Beatles cover. Uh, uh, well, I mean, they didn't do the Beatles cover. They couldn't. Not for the, not for the English side. I'm only talking about the Japanese side. Oh, dude. the Japanese side. Uh, yeah. I like it. Uh, but then again, I'm not a 
exactly what you call a big Beatles fan in the first place. They I. Right. Yeah. Well, he was a <laughs> bold choice, but I. Mm. I like you well enough. Alrighty, back on topic. So yeah, Not that episode, I, I appreciate the novelty of the sports-centric episode being basketball this time, because it's pretty common to have a baseball episode in shows, right? So basketball is a little different. It's actually yeah, yeah. becoming somewhat common to have a tennis episode in shows lately. I don't know what's up with that trend. I don't know, man. Maybe Prince of Tennis trying to get a revival? Uh, I think Prince of Tennis has inspired a lot of these things. <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's uh, let's take this show about a diving team that's really about them going around drinking, and uh, let's uh, have them play tennis. Well, that's what I love about. <laughs> also, drinking, one of the people in the team is actually really good at tennis for some reason. <laughs> Why not? Darrell, please tell me you've watched that show, at least some of it. Who me? Yes. Grand Blue. Oh yeah, man. So the simple fact they drink. Yeah, Breaking that does seem uh, right up your alley. <laughs> Boys, man, I love alcohol. Dude, alcohol is like one of my greatest pastimes. Dude, if I could major in alcohol, man, binge drinking would be a freaking. <laughs> Dude, I would have a major in binge drinking. He would also get plenty of extra credit. <laughs> the comparison between McCallan 18 and McCallan 12. What's the difference in undertones and notes? Oh, baby. Sometimes I am concerned for your lover. My liver's not concerned for you. <laughs> Besides, I didn't cut that alcohol consumption. I see. Yeah, I haven't been drinking a whole lot this year. So this episode in the thoughts. Oh, uh, well, I actually like that comment on um, little brother. It was a digital pimp with his own um, little girl, his online girlfriend, which worked. Oh, man, that was just too freaking funny, man. I was like, dating sins for the win. But also at the end, man, I kind of like the fact that she didn't rush into the thing with old boy. Just for the simple fact, man, it would have been kind of cheesy. And so freaking cliche, man. The confession scene, I was like, okay, she held up on it. Way to do that. Yeah. Oh, man, that was a super awkward unconfession. It's like, yeah, no, I'm not ready for a relationship. Sorry for the inconvenience. Sorry for the <laughs> Escalators temporarily stairs. Sorry for the convenience. Exactly. You know, the thing is... Yeah, good, good for Kana. She's a proud Japanese girl, and she don't need no man. Well, the thing is, she didn't exactly how you say. She didn't lead him on, but at the same time, you know, I'm just kind of like glad that they didn't step into that cheesy cliche of like love confession. Now we're, you know, we're together, whatnot. You know, she actually realized something, man. That you know. Right now, she's still young, and, you know, she doesn't necessarily have to be in a relationship to be happy. You know, she can still be friends with Buddy, and, you know, everything will still be good. If they, if they really want to take that next step with each other, then, hey, they can do it at a later time. Yeah, what's the rush, Shane? You're, you are 17, but you're only 17. You're 17. not even in college yet. Don't. You're 17? 17 no, yeah, waits for no one, and neither does diabetes. Nope. Diabetes. <laughs> Diabetes waits for no 
There's a lot of facial expressions in this episode. Yeah, what was that one that Kana made when they're like, you don't usually watch a basketball team for the managers? I don't know, but I screen-capped it and tweeted with it. I've definitely seen it somewhere. I'm not... It's like sticking her tongue out or something. I'm not sure. Definitely seen it somewhere. I like it. Mm-hmm. Moson has some of these great, like, lines out of the blue, like, out my butt! Also, mount him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mount him, She says that, like, twice. She's, uh... She's just a good cheerleader. Mm. I saw a lot of people comment and tweeting stuff like, okay, officially confirmed to be my favorite character. <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> I think uh, Marianne, if, if that's the right yeah. name, Marianne is Miller. having a lot of fun with that character. As well and she a, should. And the professor, too. No. <laughs> Give you Calvary joke. Give you Calvary Red. Island, yes, yes. Thank you, sir. That's all I needed, just a little bit of... Got the reference. Yeah. Respect my references. You know, originally it was just the professor and all the rest. (laughs) The professor and Marianne here on Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Yeah, Marianne didn't use... Actually, if we're going to get technical about this, it used to be a movie star and the rest. And believe it or not, and I don't know why I know this... But I think there ended up being, like, some kind of contractual dispute that they weren't getting their characters mentioned by name-ish in the opening. Wow. So that's why that ended up changing. This is deep uh, lore. I'm going to have to look into it. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, you should start with really old Space Ghost episodes. <laughs> I mean, there's a worse what? place to start. <laughs> <laughs> But is there a better place to start? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know either. Maybe not. Yeah. yeah. Tsunami. The seven hour tour. Yes. Into deep space. So we're now four episodes into this show and it's been very episodic thus far. Not really a lot of intertwining things other than kind of in the background medical mechanica stuff has happened and obviously haruko's keeping an eye on kana because she's the key to everything because of course i still don't think we've run into this supposed uh married couple from the original yeah coolie coolie unless they've gone and like changed their names and identities or something that's possible I mean, it's like, like I had a fleeting thought that maybe uh, Soba guy was somehow Nauta, and like maybe the, uh, the, the what the con- con- not Congresswoman uh, Prime Minister. What's her? Oh, yeah. like, oh, like the, maybe, the, maybe she's the purple haired girl. Me. No, not not Mamimi. 
Really? Well, I was I was actually thinking Nina Mori. If yeah, I have Nina Mori. That's right. That's it, the name in my head, but I do, I somehow doubt it. I could see her uh, becoming. Unless they all had to go into like witness protection after the first season. <laughs> They've been very mysterious about Kana's father this whole time. He's always holding the paper in front of his face. Clearly, the uh, chef or whatever voiced by Steve Bloom there is that character from the original that was also voiced by Steve Bloom. And no, I'm not talking about the cat. Are you sure you're not talking about the cat? I don't think we've uh, had the cat. I think the cat showed up again in Progressive. Yeah, the cat did show up again in Progressive, but are we really going to believe that that is the same cat? Because mm, that, I don't that, know, I got that, nine lives and stuff. Uh, was it just a few cats? Uh, Maybe it's a big... Don't worry, my Alabama people, they know what I'm talking about. Alien. With a cat alien spaceship. Well, it could be a cat planet cutie. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Sketch, I'm doing more puns than you today. Uh, I guess so. Not on my game. Uh, no, babe, you know I'm on your game when it comes to puns. No. Oh, you need a hug, babe? Don't worry, I can get a nice hug, babe. I can, I can always use a hug. Alright, I'll give you a hug after the podcast. It's going to be interesting to see where this goes in the last two episodes. Uh, so far, all of the girls have had a focus episode except Pets. So, I imagine the next one's probably going to focus on pets, and then the finale will you know, bring everything to a conclusion. <laughs> one would hope. Who knows? But we'll, we'll see. It's been an enjoyable ride so far. I definitely feel like overall I'm enjoying this more than I did progressive overall. Yeah, me too. And I feel like if you're gonna give... If you're one of those people that's very hesitant about watching either of these two new seasons or what have you... At least check out Alternative. Yeah... Especially if you like slice of life stuff, because it's pretty good slice of life with entertaining characters and a good dynamic. <clears throat> hey, I just I just enjoy it for what it's worth, man. Fooly Cooly is the best. No additional thoughts? Well, uh, the fact that Haruko was in the bathtub, you know, <laughs> but Nikki. Yeah. We're going to talk like, about the return of uh, Twin Tail, Haruko. Oh, dude, yeah, pigtails, man. Dude. I'm like, I'm digging that look on her, man. I'm like, va 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 It's pretty good. Exactly, man. I was like, okay, can we do this? I was like, dude, with them pigtails, dude, I kind of want to wipe up myself. She has been officially added to the waifu list, man. Uh, what they say, Darrell, don't stick your dick in crazy. 
But then again, Ed's death is at the top of your list, so... (laughs) Dude, trust me. Even in the RRL, dude, that has happened, so... I'll take me chances. Uh, Aquatic danger boost. Take, take, take ye chances. Okay, Sebastian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, look at man. I'd have dealt with sundries and yunderies and kumadaries, man. It's just Sydney, dude. I don't know why, but I just tend to attract those type of women. The human world, it's a mess. Life under the sea. Look at it. Anything you got up there? Yeah, let's put it like this. Pulled out a knife at me in the um, student meeting when I was talking to friends. Let's see, one saw me crossing the street and actually sped up the car and tried to hit me. Yeah, so those things do happen. Welcome to my, welcome to my life. Anybody want to trade? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Yeah, that's something. Well, as always, you can email us at podcast at tunamifaithful.com. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and SoundCloud. Facebook.com backslash Podcast On Twitter, at tunamipodcast. Tunamifaithfulofficial.tumblr.com is the Tumblr. And soundcloud.com backslash Podcast is where you can find all the episodes of the podcast. You can also listen in on the TuneIn Radio app. And visit podcast.tunamifaithful.com for episodes of the podcast and episodes of the Toonami Showdown. If you want to help us out and become one of our Patreons, it's patreon.com backslash Podcast. Get the Toonami Faithful Pass and get uh, first crack at upcoming interviews and such. Hope you like it. And- Yes, and we're going to take all your money. Not, all, not all their money. And remember, tell your rich friends. <laughs> and your rich grandmothers. <laughs> we need money. Billy, what's a Toonami Faithful podcast? I just love that Darrell. He a little bit crap, but he sure do make me laugh. <laughs> you can say that again, Millicent. I'm definitely love That was a thing. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, tell them where they can find you. Well, hopefully not in this nursing home for too much longer. Um, <clears throat> you can uh, find me on Twitter at uh, at Heart of Sword seventy five. Uh, you can check out my YouTube channel with some uh, bunch of Toonami music IDs and some rare promos and stuff at uh, YouTube.com slash DuelistG. Uh, if you want to listen to me, I'm generally on a bi-weekly podcast for Surreal Resolution called Podcast ONA, where we talk about <clears throat> the latest anime news as it comes out. Uh, that's that's probably about it. Alright, Mr. Terrell, where can they find you? 
dig deep in his depth. I mean, um, yeah, you can find me at ukami underscore samurai seven at twitter.com, or you can follow me on the fraternities um Twitter, which is Nasia underscore Roho Adinasi at twitter.com. You can find me on Twitter at sketch nineteen eighty four. You can ask me questions, it's curiouscat.me backslash sketch nineteen eighty four. And yeah, sometimes I pop up on the Discord periodically. We have a Discord. Join it. Talk about Toonami. Talk about not Toonami. Talk about video games. Stream a lot of stuff. It's fun. Fun people. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you can follow Paul at Paul Pascrillo on Twitter. Yeah, That's just give us some prosciutto. <laughs> okay and uh, with that we're punching out deuces we the king